Hi, this is Clark from Stop Motion Poetry, and you're listening to the Modesto Reboot Podcast. Hi, this is Cello, and you're listening to the Modesto Reboot Podcast. Hi, this is Chef Heather Love from the Burns Inn, and you are listening to the Modesto Reboot Podcast. Modesto, 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 Modesto Reboot Podcast. Hello there, Rebooters. This is Phasm, and you're listening to the Modesto Reboot Podcast. Super excited today. I have Chelsea Foy with me from Lovely Indeed. Hey. How's it going? Good, good. How about you? I'm doing great. Chelsea, what would you say that your day job is? Uh, if, if I had to put a title to it, I'd probably say content creator. Um, uh, the, the short version is I run a blog. But the long version is that I run kind of a lifestyle website and um, the social media platforms that are attached to it. And I try to create beautiful photos and imagery and ideas and projects for people to be inspired by. Awesome. Yeah. How, how long have you been doing all this? Um, it's coming up on 10 years, actually. It started as a hobby. I started the blog kind of as a hobby when my husband and I got engaged I was always super crafty and our wedding was very like DIY and we made pretty much everything at our wedding. Um, And so I started a blog to kind of just like document that and share with my family because at the time I was living in New York and they were here in Modesto. And um, it sort of like accidentally took off. People started following it and coming back and wanting more. And so it it sort of just like rolled into an accidental career now, which is cool because <laughs> I get to, you know, be creative every day, be my own boss. But yeah, that was almost 10 years ago when we got engaged and I started this whole deal as a, a hobby. Wow. Yeah. All right. So tell us about you growing up. Where were you born? I was born here in Modesto, born and raised, y'all. Doctor's what? Hospital. Doctor's Hospital. Same <laughs> you as were me. You ask. <laughs> Same as me. All the cool kids are born at Doctor's. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I was born here, raised here. My dad farms almonds out on the west side still. I lived on a farm. I grew up on that ranch, and they're still out there. Um, I went to Downey High. Well, I actually, technically, and this was a little dramatic, I was in the Ceres School District, even though we were in a Modesto address. So I went to Ceres my freshman year and then transferred to Downey. I was like, get me out of here. <laughs> and uh, went to Stan State for uh, my degree is actually in music education. So I... Uh, learned to be a music teacher, which I did for a while. Um, and I started teaching back at Downey at my alma mater, like right oh after I graduated Stan State. So I was like colleagues with people who had been my high school teachers four years before. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I would get like stopped in the halls for like hall passes. Kids thought, or the, like the security guards thought I was still a student. It was <laughs> super cool. <laughs> so growing up, what side of town or where, what area did you grow up in Modesto? So it's way out. I mean, I say West side, it's kind of like almost as, as close as you can get to Patterson and still be in Modesto pretty much way out. Oh, dang. Yeah. Way out in those almond orchards out there. Okay. Yeah. It took like, I mean, it took half an hour to drive anywhere that <laughs> you wanted to go. Did you have any brothers and sisters? I have an older sister. She mm-hmm. still lives in Modesto also. We actually live like around the corner from each other. Awesome. Yeah. Does uh, she have kids? Mm-hmm. Our kids play. They run back and forth between the houses. And nice. Yeah. It's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> and then what, what was mom like growing up? I love my mom. I'm deeply in love with my mom. She's oh. awesome. She was, a, she was a high school teacher. She taught at Houston High. 
And she taught Spanish and French. She's brilliant, but she uh, is like, she doesn't like to think that she's brilliant, but she speaks four languages. Oh my gosh. Um, and she was a high school teacher and she worked so hard. She took a few years off when my sister and I were little. So she like stayed home with us mm-hmm. and um, Houston High was super cool about it. Let her take those years off and let her come back and teach again. And um, I just remember so clearly like her being there at home with us, like when we would get off the school bus and she was very present and I noticed it and I still remember it now and I'm so appreciative of that I know not all moms have the capability to do that it's just not a reality for everybody but it was such a cool way to grow up for me um and she was always like I I can probably attribute a lot of my creativity to her she was always encouraging us to be creative in like any way that inspired us so music or um you know hands-on art or you know just all kinds of making of different sorts she would always like hand us some like glue and sequins and be like, go make something or, you yeah. know, go outside and play with some dirt or, you know, here, practice the piano for a while. Um, and so it was a very, like a very creative upbringing, which I am so grateful for. Okay. Then what yeah. was dad like? Dad's a super hard worker. He was such a present dad, which I, looking back, like, I don't know how he did it. Cause he had a, like a day job, like a nine to five. He actually worked for general foods before Kraft bought it out way back in the day. Um, and then he also would come home and like farm the ranch. So I can remember him being like at work all day and then coming home and getting on a tractor for like four or five more hours until dark and then coming in. But somehow I also remember like him playing with us all the time and like he was there, you know? So it was, he must've been tired all the time. (laughs) I mean, he must've just been exhausted. That's a lot of work. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. And he did work a lot, but I mean, so from him, I like, I got this major work ethic, you know, like he instilled that in us and. I can remember him very specifically teaching us those kinds of lessons. You know, like if you want this, you have to work for it in this way. You know, this, yeah. this equals that a lot of times. And he would take us out on the tractor and, of course, make us do manual labor with him. And I can remember picking up rocks in the orchard that were, you know, that would get worked up when he would spring to their disc or anything. I mean, we were like farm kids. We had dirt under our fingernails and, and all that kind of stuff. So... I, I feel like they were two really different. It's like very left brain, right brain, my mom and my dad. Yeah. But um, they somehow sort of like instilled their own strengths into my sister and I. And it, it was like, I don't know how you could ask for anything more. You know, I feel pretty grateful for that all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This question just came to me. What was your favorite toy growing up? Whoa. Like were you, I could see you as like a Legos I did love me some Legos, actually. That's funny because I just, I kept my Legos from when I was little. I just, like maybe last year, gave them to my son. Yeah. And that has spurred like a whole Lego thing in our house, which is maybe a little bit obsessive. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, definitely, definitely anything that you could like build or manipulate or create. I did a lot of, almost more than toys, I did a lot of like crafty projects, Mm -hmm. like there's this one stuff called friendly plastic. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. No. This was a, like a huge fad friendly in the plastic. friendly plastic in like the late eighties, early nineties. It was like just little strips of, um, colorful plastic that you could dip in hot water and it would melt and then you could mold it. Right. So I was always making like brooches and earrings. <laughs> like all this crazy, wow. crazy stuff. But yeah, it was mostly like craft projects and you know, it was like the early days of DIY. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds kind of like Shrinky Dinks. Very much. Oh, yeah. Oh, Shrinky Dinks. All that jazz. Totally. That's like a greatest hit right there. Shrinky Dinks. So then you, 
after Modesto, where did you go? So I graduated from Stanislaus, went back and taught at Downey for a few years. And, um, I, I loved it there, but it was, I could tell right away, not going to be like my forever thing. And I had always wanted to try my hand at like performing professionally. My, my background, like my way background is in music and musical theater. And, um, so after teaching for three or four years at Downey, I decided to move to New York and try that. So I just kind of did. (laughs) It was at the time, like a huge, um, it was a really big deal. I think people expected it me to be at like Downey. It sounds like a really yeah, big deal. I think, yeah. You know, I took over the position at Downey from Polly Vachet, who I love and admire. She was my mentor. She was there for 30 years. The woman before her was there for a long time as well. And it was just kind of like a history of people who were going to stay there for a long, long time. And I think people maybe expected me to, and I sort of expected myself to, but it just, it just didn't work out that way. You know, sometimes life sort of pushes you in a new direction. And um, I couldn't shake this need to go and try this. And so I kind of out of the blue, um, made the decision to do that. And, uh, you know, as best as I could prepared the program for the, the Downey program for the next choral teacher. Um, and I moved, I moved with a friend to New York city. I like, I sold all my possessions and moved the rest with me as much as they could. And, uh, we got a spot in Brooklyn and I just started auditioning for musical theater stuff. Um, and it was like the best decision I've ever made because it has led to so many different things down the line in so many, so many different ways. Um, yeah, it was trippy. <laughs> so is that where you met your husband? Yeah. So um, I, I had been auditioning there for, I don't know, like six or eight months or so. I was waiting tables. It was like very cliche. Um, and I finally booked my first tour, uh, like a musical theater tour. Um, and it was actually a children's theater show. It was, uh, go Diego go for any Nickelodeon fans. (laughs) (laughs) And I was playing Diego's cousin, Alicia. Um, but it was a tour that was kind of like already out. So I was going out as a replacement for a girl who had broken her ankle, I think. Um, break a leg, break a leg, literally. (laughs) And, uh, my husband, Ryan had gone out as a replacement as well for someone else. And, uh, we met on this tour. I think we met on a tour bus like literally in Wausau, Wisconsin was the city I met him in. (laughs) And, um, we stayed on that tour together. The tour lasted another about three months. Um, and when you're touring like that, you're just going from hotel to hotel, to hotel, to hotel. So we were like, it's called a bus and truck. You move cities on a bus and the set travels with you in a truck for the show. And you just set up in every new theater that you get to. So that's where I met him. And it's just crazy to think that if I hadn't made that decision to go and try this thing, you know, I wouldn't have my husband, I wouldn't have my kids, I probably wouldn't have ended up back here in Modesto for the long term, which we are now. It's just, it's so interesting, kind of the winding path that I took, and then it brought me back. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) So then, after the theater stuff, or the performing arts stuff, what happened next? Yeah, so we did that for a good, I don't know, five or six years, and that entailed, you know, dozens of jobs between us because jobs kind of come and then they finish, you know, it's maybe a three month contract or a six month contract. And so we strung a bunch of those together and it was, it was amazing. It was a wonderful time. It was something I wouldn't trade. Did you ever go outside of the U S with that? We did. Yeah. So I did, I think I did three U S tours, which were actually include like U S and Canada. And then we happened to book a job together in China as well. So we did a three month stint in Shanghai 
performing there in this huge, crazy theater, um, which was a really interesting culture ex- cultural experience. It was unlike anything I've ever done. Um, but we had the chance to do that. I mean, it just takes you all kinds of crazy places that you could never envision yourself or never even imagine that would come up, you know? So we did all of that together. We did a lot of that together. did a lot of traveling. I think I've been to all but like four of the United States because of all the touring and Nice. Yeah, it's it, it's incredible. But it's also like not a super sustainable lifestyle if you want maybe a family or if you want some sort of regularity in your, you know, your That's life. It's rock and your life, yeah. It's a lot. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of an exhausting way to live. It's exhilarating and exhausting. So we got married while we were still there in New York. We actually got married here in Sacramento and then moved back to New York for another year. But um at that point, we were kind of like looking into the future. What is it that we want long term? Like, are we going to sustain this for a long time? We kind of knew that we wanted kids. And, you know, I, I just didn't see that happening in the city. It's it's kind of a different beast there to raise a family. And so we decided to come back to California. But we came back by way of L.A. for a couple of years. <laughs> we didn't want to sort of just jump right back into, you know, the hometown scene. Although we knew that it was going to be like our eventual landing spot. Yeah. Um, we took a couple years in L.A. to... Um, just kind of explore a little bit more, try a new place, live somewhere new and exciting. And I have always loved it down there. Um, so we sort of took a couple years there. And then just before I had uh, our son, Henry, our oldest, we moved back to Modesto. And it's it's awesome to be back. I mean, you can't trade being near your family and being, you know, in sort of like this this very hometown experience to raise your children. It's just something very special that I don't think that we, our family, could get anywhere else. Hi, my name is John Eady. I'm the stand-up bassist for Hot Club Fogeton and the Free Radicals, and you're listening to the Modesto Reboot Podcast. Hi, this is Julie Shear. You're listening to Modesto Reboot. And now, back to Modesto Reboot. All right, so let's switch gears a little bit. Yeah. Where is your favorite place to eat in Modesto? Oh man, it's like there's so many categories, right? Yeah. <laughs> so let me say right now, probably my go-to if we're like going to dinner, I'm probably gonna say is Church Key. Okay. Like it's a pretty solid choice. There's a little bit of everything, but let me see. I made a little. I jotted down some ideas because I didn't want to leave out any of my favorites. <laughs> um, so our like our families go to when we don't want to cook is. TLC, what we call it, TLC, Taqueria Los Compadres in Roseburg Square. Okay. Like the best burritos, the best burritos. Um, I like their shrimp burritos. Yes. Yeah. You know, see, you know. And there's one, there's one like crazy, have you ever had the molcajete? It's like this giant, it's huge. Just like There's another place in town that I like theirs better. Really? Oh no. Yeah. yeah. Try it because it's okay. real good. It's intense. Yeah. Um, let's see. Burnt End is a new favorite. Cool. Yeah, that's I. If you're into barbecue, like that's that's a really good spot. And it's I also like spots that are kind of like kid friendly, and I can let my kids be a little bit wacky because they're a lot wacky. <laughs> <laughs> um, for uh, for like cafes, I'm super fan of Heart and Soul and Preservation, and I do like Teacups Cafe too for the boba downtown on 10th Street, and. Um, Honestly, I just like going to the farmer's market on the weekend because a lot of my favorite yeah. like smaller like uh, like cottage type stuff is there like crumbles and um, well, I don't think she sells at the 
at the farmer's market, but Alchemy Bread, Bonnie's Bread is just like so good. There are all kinds of really good little like cottage creators in Modesto that sell at that. And it's just like, you can't beat it. It's so delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, tell us about your blog. Yeah. So it's called Lovely Indeed. And um, like we were talking earlier, it kind of started as like a DIY, like a very crafty centric website. Um, and it was for a long, long time and it, it still is somewhat, but you know, for a long time it was, it was pretty much solely DIY. You know, I would dream up a, an idea that I wanted to put together either like a, a project that you could use as art in your house or something that you could wear or, you know, something to put on your desk and make it, make a tutorial of it and then share it online. So people would then create their version of it. And it's kind of fascinating to see that happen. You know, people will make the thing that you suggested and send you a picture of the thing that they made. It's, it's really it's awesome. So, yeah. yeah, it's a very cool feeling to sort of spread that inspiration. Add their um, own twist to yeah, it. Different color. Exactly it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, I would have never thought of that. Totally, yeah. totally. That's exactly <clears throat> it. Yeah. So it started very much as that. And as my life has kind of like changed and progressed, it has grown with me. So now it includes a lot of um, stuff about our family or like parenting hacks that we figure out or, you know, travel tips or recommendations of places that we love so I kind of call it like a lifestyle blog now because it's a little bit about about everything it's about all aspects of our life um and as I've kind of expanded it's really interesting because our audience has expanded as well and you know I have these longtime readers now who have been with us since like we got married or that I know since before they had kids and their kids are in kindergarten now and it's it's kind of become like a, a community in its own way, which is strangers who are emotionally attached totally, to you. <laughs> yes, totally. And vice versa. Like yeah. I feel, I feel invested in their lives too, because they take the time to be invested in ours. You know, the internet has made the world like a very small place in that way. Yeah. Um, which is good. And also a little weird. Yeah. And I acknowledge that completely, you know, this, this sort of business and this lifestyle that lovely indeed has sort of led us to is not for everybody. I know that it's probably like an overshare for a lot of people, <laughs> but also in a lot of ways, you know, I picture myself specifically like as a new mom and I would be so worried about something that Henry was having happen to him or, you know, just so unclear. And I would just go to the internet and I would look for other moms who were sharing these things to find either answers or solidarity or just comfort. Um, and I hope to provide that for people as well in return. You know, there's, there's a community online that you can find that, um, maybe fills in the blanks of what you're missing, like in person. You know, I, I remember so many nights just being up alone in the middle of the night with a baby wondering like, is there anyone else out there? Yeah. Is this normal? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Or is there anyone awake right now? Like, you know, I, I just need some, I need some solidarity. And so, um, there's an outlet there for that type of thing, I think in the internet and in blogs like mine. And, um, it's really interesting to find those communities through, you know, this type of work. Yeah. Yeah. And how many followers of the blog now? Well, I mean, it kind of fluctuates. So our Instagram, we're at about 70,000. Um, and that's probably our biggest social media following. And on the blog, it kind of, it kind of fluctuates, but I would say we get about a hundred thousand, uh, page views a month. Wow. So, and that honestly is very, um, let's say modest, <laughs> you know, there are, there are certainly, um, just bunches and bunches of blogs in the millions of page views monthly. And, um, 
to be honest, I'm kind of happy where we are. Mm -hmm. Um, I never wanted to like take over the world with this and I never wanted to be like, you know, a mega blogger or a huge influencer or to me that feels like a little too much pressure and, and just too much. So I kind of like the niche that we have carved out for ourselves. Um, and, and it feels manageable to me and it feels like a warm community of, of the people who want to be there, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and I think it's, you said take over the world. It's, it definitely has its demographic. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like I'm in that demographic Absolutely not. as much as I am a yeah. fan of yours. Yeah, like, no, you're exactly I go right to the though. blog and I'm like, yeah, this isn't for me. Totally. I love the color, yeah. you know, like I'm just looking at it visually. <laughs> yeah, no. And you're absolutely right. And I feel like that's, uh, to, honestly, that's like a sign of, uh, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but like a sign of a good blog that it's niched down a little bit. So someone could come and say like, this will be useful to me or this will not. And I'm going to go find something else. Yeah. Um, and that's purposeful. You know, yeah. you can't please everybody and you can't, I, I can't claim to know everything that's going to help all people, but I can help people that are like me for sure. Yeah. You know, and explain a little bit how you survive how you make money off blogging yeah my dad still doesn't understand this so (laughs) so it's essentially a really niche advertisement please don't say it's easy no not at all (laughs) it is not no it takes years to build to the point where it can be like a full-time job for sure but it's advertisement more or less so instead of buying i always use this analogy instead of buying a billboard on sunset right say Target buys a billboard on Sunset Avenue and they're going to slap that up in front of however many people drive down the road, you know, that month and, uh, hope that they reach the right people, right? Hope that they reach Target shoppers, hope that they reach their demographic, their, their target demographic of like women from 35 to 55 or whatever. Um, but really reach way more than that. And a lot of people who are not interested instead of buying an ad space on a billboard, Target comes to a blogger and buys ad space on their blog because they know that that blog is already niched down to the people who want to see things about Target, who Mm -hmm. are interested in Target, who probably shop at Target, and who will find that information relevant and useful and helpful. Um, So, you know, say Target comes to me and says, uh, we'll pay you X dollars to either put a, you know, just like a banner ad on your blog or mention us in your editorial copy and find a way to meaningfully work it in um, so that it is relevant to your audience, so that it is relevant to you, so that it feels comfortable. And so um, that's how it works. It's it's pretty much ad space. And from a, you know, from like a, a CEO perspective on my end, I'm always looking out for brands that feel like a good match that feel natural, that I probably already use in my daily life, that my readers and followers will also find useful and um, hopefully will fit into their life. So it's not just um, what you hope that (laughs) bloggers are thinking along these lines, that it's not just, yeah, come and give me your money. I'll I'll promote your whatever it is, X, Y, Z. But it's, no, this feels like a great match. It's something that would integrate into our content well and into our lives well. And so that's when it really like works well. This form of advertisement is when the blogger is really sort of selective and choosy about the brands that they're working with. And we always, always try to, to live up to that standard for sure. All right. Really quickly. Mm-hmm. What was your, mm-hmm. you were on, um, Ted talks Modesto mm-hmm. last year, yeah. 2018. What was your theme? Uh, the talk was called uh, Place is What You Make It. And um, 
the theme was essentially, well, it was about these, these, um, painted love notes that we do downtown Modesto, um, just to sort of like spread some love. And it was kind of, the gist of it was, you know, we used our skills, which are sort of like craftiness and happiness. I consider happiness a skill, um, to elevate a small part of our town for other people for no other reason than to, you know, spread joy and make it better. And, um, the, the talk was essentially encouraging other people in Modesto and whatever town they're in to do the same. Use what you have to elevate the place where you are. A place is what you make it. It's not going to become something if nobody works for it. It's only going to be what the people in it, you know, create it to be. Amen, sister. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know you know that. Yeah. <laughs> I know you feel that deeply. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, okay, so then... Let me ask you, if you were to reboot one aspect of Modesto, what would that be? Uh, that's a hard one. I, I mean, my natural instinct is to say the arts. Um, although I feel like I feel like the arts here are on such a great path now. Um, but like kind of if, if I could sort of start it all again, I would I, I would want it all on an even keel, you know, visual art music art, uh, theater art, you know, all, all of this sort of coming together to create sort of one web of a really great creative community. I feel like maybe it's a little unbalanced, um, and certain aspects of the art community are making great strides, but it's not all sort of unified. Um, and I feel like if it was, it could just really, um, really just sort of take off and bolster the town so much. I always feel like a creative, the creative community within a town is such, um, like a, a, a barometer of, I don't know, the vibrancy of a town, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I would just love to just see it like skyrocket here. There's so much potential with the Gallo center and with things you're doing, like the creative battle, you know, um, and I just want it all to be that great. Yeah. 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 Cool. Very cool. Okay. Do you have a favorite quote? I, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I do have one and it's simple and it's funny because I don't exactly know who said it and I've researched it a bunch of times. I think it's like a philosopher, but I never know who exactly, but it's very simple and it's be as you are. And I, I think I came across it maybe even in like high school in a time where I was very like, you know, high school is such an awful time for a teenager and it's just such a crappy time to figure out who you are and what you want to be and what your friends are doing. And it's all very like you try to compare yourself to others and there's just so much to figure out. And um, I found that quote in high school and it has stuck with me so strongly because it's so simple a phrase, but almost a really difficult thing to do to just be as you are. Let yourself be the thing that you are and go towards that thing and be comfortable and joyful in that. Um, and so I kind of repeat myself, repeat that to myself a lot to try to just as a reminder that you are enough, you know, being as you are is enough. You never have to try to be someone else, something else more than what you are. You are enough. Be as you are. Well, I, for one, am glad that you live by that and you are who you are. And, (laughs) 
that shines through like with the things that you put your hand to and and do for modesto so thank thank you you. (laughs) thank you thanks modesto for being awesome (laughs) (laughs) all right with that i'm gonna ask how do people get a hold of you Oh, so many ways. Uh, So if you want to see the blog, it's lovelyindeed.com. And uh, if you want to see our Instagram, it's at lovelyindeed. All social is at lovelyindeed. Um, And you can just do a little quick Google search and hopefully we'll pop up on the first page. (laughs) Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, we're super proud to have you in Modesto. Thanks. All right, see ya. (laughs) Bye. Follow us on Instagram at Modesto Reboot, as well as Facebook. Look for the group Modesto Reboot. Please subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.